on today's show. Simon Lunch. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Sunday Night Army. I'm your host, Jacob, and thank you for joining me in another episode in the music series. Today, I have another fantastic and tremendous artist. But before I get to him, find me everywhere on every podcast, streaming platform, and all social media. Just look for the Sunday Night Army or at the Sunday Night Army. That's the handle. Of course, hit up the link tree, the link in bio, and pick up some merchandise. You have all the links there to every podcast streaming platform. Everything I'm doing is linked in that link tree. There's like a billion links there. Go check those out. And of course, hit up the music playlist and just uh, subscribe to it. Follow it. And all the artists that come on the show get featured on that playlist. You can have them all right there, just right at your fingertips. So no searching. Just grab the playlist, get everything you need all in one shot. So let's get to the interview. So right now, I'd like to continue with the music series right here on the Sunday Night Army with a special guest, Simon Lunch. How are you today? Hey, Jacob. I'm doing pretty well, man. How are you? I'm doing well, man. I've been, I've been listening to your uh, track quite a bit, uh, your brand new track, and watched the video a few times, and I want to give you props. It's so cool. Such a chill song, um, but that's just a tease for later on in the show. Uh, because I want to talk about that a little bit, a little bit later. But, <laughs> Thanks but, so much. Man. No problem, man. But, but first, let's get into a little bit more detail because I want to know more about you. I want to know what inspired you to become an artist and how did you start? Yeah, well, I've been playing the guitar since I was a little kid, like five years old. Um, and it was uh, when I was on my way home from elementary school hearing an Eric Clapton record that my parents had on in the car because they would always always play CDs in the car. Mm-hmm. And uh, I heard him playing the electric guitar and I went, oh my gosh, I've, I've got to do that. And I think it was probably within two weeks I had uh, my first guitar, which is a really bad uh, little classical guitar and, and a really bad little electric guitar came afterwards. Um, but uh, that kind of set me off and, and honestly uh, have not stopped since then. <laughs> Uh, that's that's a good that's a good way to get in, inspired to actually do something because Eric Clapton's uh, is just insane. Um, oh, he's the best. Talented, versatile, uh, does a lot of cool stuff. So with your music now, um, so we know how you started. What influenced you then? Uh, doing all your stuff now, what influences your sound that you have now and the concept of your writing? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a. I like to think it's a collection of all the stuff I've I've listened to so much throughout my life. I mean, even things like, which might be not as audible, but like the Beatles, who I love, love the Beach Boys, who I've spent like probably tens of thousands of hours listening to over the course of the last 15 years. Um, I think the guitar playing a lot, like I heard Jeff Buckley and John Mayer, like both mm-hmm. sort of play uh, more of a blues guitar in the setting of a pop song, which, which I hadn't heard that much. And uh, I was honestly a little like, when I sort of started writing a, a little bit more, what I would call pop or, you know, indie pop stuff, uh, 
I felt like, man, I don't know if I can play that much guitar in this context. And hearing them do that was very much like, oh, okay, it can be done. This is, this could be really cool. And, and sort of like allowed me to let loose a little bit and feel okay doing that. Um, so that was definitely an influence. Um, and then, I mean, oh my God, like I'm, I'm also sort of like, I produce on my own stuff. So mm -hmm. uh, I'm very influenced just by production style and all sorts of stuff like that. So um, everything I listen to, man, like I'm just critically listening all the time. And I think like even newer stuff like that you wouldn't expect, like I was so into listening to uh, Taylor Swift's folklore because I thought all the acoustic instruments were so beautiful. And like that has been so inspiring to me, like just just the sounds in there and like even the Casey Musgraves record, Leon Bridges, there's there's so many people that just, you know, might not be or you might not expect it to be like something that I would be sort of grabbing ideas from but but it's just like little things and I'm just such a music lover that that uh, I, I find a lot in a lot of different things mm -hmm. what kind of shows through this track so let's talk about uh, Red Delicious because uh, that's the track that I play on the show today and I want you to break it down for me kind of go through uh, how the how it came about um, maybe the instrumentals and the lyrics yeah well the track funny enough it it kind of sat for a while because I had the verse in the pre-chorus for quite a long time and I uh when I was sort of I had been in a band for a long time before I went solo and when I went solo I I was sort of like workshopping songs around like when I was playing out live and I didn't have a record out yet or anything any songs for people to listen to under my own name so I was just sort of like workshopping stuff that I had written and Red Delicious is one of those songs and at the time it had a different chorus and um, I probably went through actually like three different iterations of the chorus but the song always had the same basic sort of um, vibe which was like it was very much about sort of loneliness and and like uh, you know just being by yourself and uh, sort of this fantasy about mm. not being by yourself and <laughs> and that felt sort of like I think at the time of my life I was in that was just really real for me because I was sort of like freshly out of high school and not going to college which is very different uh, at least where I'm from from a lot of my friends and a lot of other people around here so I felt very like sort of uh, or I just felt like I was having a very different experience and it was sort of like hard to communicate that experience with people because when you see people, they're like, the first thing they ask is, oh, where are you going to school? What dorm are you in? Like all these, and I'm just like, I, I couldn't answer any of those questions. So that's, this song very much came about from that sort of like, uh, just loneliness in terms of like actually being alone and also like loneliness in terms of, I couldn't feel like I relate, could relate to people uh, very well at the time. Um, but uh, I, I had it for, man, probably over a year. And then I finally got sort of the right chorus, uh, sort of, sort of came to me and I was like, Oh, this and this go together. And I put them together and boom, there it was. And we mm -hmm. retracked the song, I think for the third time. And <laughs> that's, that's what you hear, uh, on the record. Mm -hmm. And I think you built it up really, really well. So I think the audience should hear it. So let's do this. Let's hear red delicious Simon lunch right here on the Sunday night army. Tonight, love is in the air, but I'm not going anywhere. I've been stuck in this place since she left me here. 
go that was red delicious simon lunch still here with me talking right on, on the sunday night army simon question for you i watched the video uh, a few times um not a lot of people do that kind of concept where it's just you kind of doing the song um in your uh studio like that how did the concept come about i mean it was sort of just when i was trying to think about uh what to do um that was sort of just the real life situation of the song. And like, that's, that's, that's how I was making music at the time. I was, um, I wasn't always alone in the studio. 
but there was so much time that was spent just like inside all day where you don't see the sunlight for you know 12 or 13 hours or you have this very weird experience of walking into the studio at 12 when the sun is high in the sky and walking out at two in the morning and it's dark and you haven't seen you haven't seen its movement across the sky so it's kind of weird and jarring um mm -hmm. and it's like but at the same time you also have this very like intimate experience of working on the song and like being really really dialed in um and that was big for me during this record because sort of like I was describing I felt like at the time very much like I couldn't really relate to people and all this like that that was part of it it was just because like that workflow was like not conducive to hanging out with my friends or you know doing sort of normal things that you'd be doing as like a, a 20 year old um and uh so I thought what better thing to do than to put it in the video and it sort of worked out well that um filming that video during like sort of the height of COVID uh the options were slim mm -hmm. and that was like it was so great to have that song that like a video like that could work for so well and felt so authentic to the, the tune. Um, so that's how it came about. And I'm, I'm, I'm just happy that it turned out. Okay. Um, Cause I was like, not, you know, <clears throat> not having the, a big, a huge amount of resources because of COVID not being able to, you know, do a ton was, I was a little, I was a little worried about it, but, but man, it, it really feels real for the tune. So I'm, I'm very glad about that. Yeah, I know. Big props for that because it kind of shows um, the whole the whole process that you you did yourself, right? So uh, big props on the video. I really liked it. Uh, now, the uh, album come, is coming out on September twenty fifth. Never knew the night is the name. Uh, tell me how many tracks and uh, how how do just how'd you put it together? Oh my gosh, is it is it twelve tracks? I think it is. Nice. I'm trying to count them out, count them in my head. Um, <laughs> Uh, the name, the name is very much um, sort of about the experience that I was talking about, really mm -hmm. about it has a, you know, very literal sort of meaning of like, so much of this work got done like it <laughs> throughout the whole night. And like I was working all day into the evening, going to bed at four in the morning. And um, I was sort of new to that workflow, uh, probably because I hadn't worked in LA a ton. And when I started working with people in LA, uh, for instance, like my mixing engineer, Dave, who like will start at noon or one and go until three in the morning <laughs> mm -hmm. that was that was a new thing for me um and I sort of just adapted to that uh and that sort of became like my most productive time and, and sort of is to this day of like now it, it you get to whatever 10 o'clock at night and I feel like okay I'm really hitting my stride now and I might have been working all day already but but at that moment I'm just sort of I'm going for it and, and everything's sort of clicking um, so it has the very literal meaning um, of like, that's when the work got done. Mm -hmm. um, and then the figurative is sort of very similar to what I was talking about, about the song of just like uh, working on this record, um, feeling very isolated. And, you know, obviously that was for a variety of reasons, not just because I was working on music, but, but uh, yeah, feeling really isolated and and sort of disconnected from, a lot of the stuff that I'd been very familiar with in, in my early life and had the jarring experience, I think that almost everyone does like of at some point, whether it's like after college or after high school or just like everything around you changing um, very rapidly. And uh, that specific uh, little, little uh, phrase I had put in another song called Give It Up. And 
I was like, man, that just, that feels like it, it kind of encompasses that feeling for me. So mm -hmm. um, that was sort of the more figurative uh, name of it or, or reasoning for the name. Um, but, but yeah. That's pretty, I, I like that you put a lot of tracks on there because um, the, the recent trend in the industry is just throwing down like six, seven tracks max. So around 12 is amazing. That's a nice body of work. So big props for that again. Yeah, thanks. I, I'm, I'm, you know, I think I've, I've had fun my whole life, like making a, making a, what I feel like is a whole project rather than mm -hmm. just a little taste. You know, it's fun. It's fun to make an album. So yeah, no big props for that. That's, that's a really cool thing to uh, still do. Now let's switch gears a little bit. Uh, Cause you worked with a lot of talented people in the industry. Uh, what was the one thing that stood out so far? And two, what are you looking forward to to still learn to do? Wow. I mean, I think in terms of learning, I, I feel like I'm, I'm soaking up information every day, just being able to work so much and also just play with so many talented musicians. I mean, as a player, I feel like I get better on a daily basis. Um, I was something I learned quickly, you know, as I got older is like, it doesn't matter if it's a keyboardist you're playing with or a drummer or another guitar player or even a bass player if they've got great, great feel and their phrasing is really great, like you could be playing a different instrument than them. And just by playing with them, you're going to pick things up if you're aware and if you're, you know, trying to. Mm -hmm. um, so that was something, I mean, I'm always just trying to be a sponge and, and soak up stuff. Uh, so that I feel like I'm learning every day, but I think um, the biggest thing for me, like meeting so many great musicians sort of just like i mean not a, not a stroke of luck but but you know what meeting one of them and then leading to the next and leading to the next is just like it was really really amazing to be able to make this record with so many people who you know are, are so much so much better players than even i am so so that i could learn so you know so but also the weird experience of like me being being the producer and like producing a bunch of dudes who you know I had looked up to for a long time and like giving them direction was kind of <laughs> kind of a funny <laughs> thing and and remained a funny thing for probably like a year and it, it wasn't until you know honestly recently when when we've sort of been working on even newer stuff where like I feel much more like okay like this is normal i'm just i'm just giving these people direction and like this is my tune and we're, we're doing the thing how i want it to be and and like i think i think at first i was probably reserving uh some of my con uh comments just because i was i was like oh my god like i don't know if i can i don't know if i can say that to so and so or i don't you know they'll know what to do like they, they've got to figure it out um so that was just a funny experience um but luckily like all those guys um many of them have become really good friends and are, are just so gracious in their immense talent that like, you know, uh, it's just really easy to work with them and really fun. And for me, it was great because I had previously only made records with um, guys from my band. And when you're in a band, you know, it's like the same guy playing bass on every record, same dude playing lead guitar, same dude mm -hmm. playing keys. There's never that sort of like decision you can make of like, oh, like this song, so-and-so might be better and for this one this person actually might be better just mm -hmm. based on you know their strengths and weaknesses and i think right. that really plays into having uh hopefully a, a stronger uh overall record but um yeah 
yeah, I think those were the things. Oh, that's, that's really cool. Now I got to ask this question and then we're, we're going to have some fun with this one. <laughs> Simon, I got it. I, you got to tell me about this. What's the lovers fan club? <laughs> the lovers fan club is, is essentially like my uh, hardest core fan group that mm. you can join. And it was, it was very much pioneered actually by one of my current fans and now friends who was coming to all my shows dating back years and years promoting the hell out of my music one of my favorite people in the world and now she is like very much um the the head of the lovers fan club oh you can name drop all you want go for it <laughs> you can shout uh, her out her, her name's cheyenne shout out to cheyenne there yeah. you go awesome She's, she's she's like been running that whole thing super awesome and like i just think it's a great way to connect with fans and like hopefully get people excited about everything that's coming out and give people you know people who join it basically like have a, a more inside look get previews first all sorts of stuff like that which is which is i i hope very exciting because it's exciting for me um so yeah that's that's the lovers fan club <laughs> uh, i had to ask had to ask now uh 2021 we have a few months left any goals left for the year or are you anticipating uh the album dropping and focusing on that for the rest of that or the rest of the year i mean to be honest with you because because it was sort of covid time mm -hmm. and uh there wasn't much show playing to be done i pretty much as soon as i finished uh, this project, I just started writing again and making demos. And I, uh, even this summer, um, was just in LA all summer recording. Um, so the thing that I'm looking forward to most, I mean, getting back out and playing shows for sure, that's going to be amazing. And it's funny because I'm now realizing like, I'm probably soon going to be in this funny situation, mostly because of COVID where it's like, by the time that I actually do get out and play uh, a ton and playing, you know, every night or every week, mm -hmm. like I'm going to have not only this batch of songs, but probably a whole nother batch of songs uh, to, to pull from to play, mm -hmm. uh, which I uh, am, am, was not anticipating and I'm pretty excited about just because, you know, it's, it's uh new tunes are always fun. I feel like as a writer, I think most people would tell you like they're usually most stoked on whatever they've last written, you know? Um, and, and so uh, it'll be, it'll be great to have just like so much to pull from uh, that, that is my own music. Um, and, you know, based on the vibe of the night or whatever, just throw out there and, and hopefully uh, have fun with. That's a good idea. That's a, definitely a good idea. Now, if my listeners wanted to follow you on social media, besides simonlunch.com, where can they find you? Everywhere, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the good stuff at Simon Lunch. And lunch is just like what you eat, but with an E at the end. So L-U-N-C-H-E. <laughs> Fantastic. And of course, anyway, you guys are listening to the Sunday Night Army, all social media, I will be tagging Simon in the post. So you don't have to go far. Just click into the show description and you got Simon right there. Simon, man, I appreciate you coming on the show and sharing your music with us. Thanks so much, Jacob. Appreciate you having me, man. <laughs>